Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Every once in a while, there'll be a product out there that will claim to protect you from things that you didn't know were out to get you. Sometimes, it even makes you want to put on a bit of a tinfoil hat, but don't worry, there are plenty of bunk products out there that would attempt to cure you from things you don't need to be cured from. Find out about a few of these mysterious fake products. What exactly is going on in a scientific perspective? As we get closer to Christmas, finding the perfect gift for someone can be quite tough. Now, what if one of your friends is really worried about the all the radiation in the air from things from like Wi-Fi and mobile phones and all the harm that it might be causing them? But don't worry. It's a lovely Kickstarter out of the UK by a group called Shield Apparel that has a stylish and simplistic solution to all of this by a beanie, which inside it has woven specially knit or what effectively amounts to aluminium foil. So you can get your very own tinfoil stylish hipster beanie hat that reports to be able to be protect you from radiation, odours, bacterial, all while being easily maintenance. So you don't have to worry about Wi-Fi signals or the government reading your brain signals because you can put on a stylish cap. Now, we need to be very clear here. This device, such as it is, which is uh, effectively a tinfoil cap woven inside a polyester beanie, is going to do nothing for your brain or for your body. Well, maybe it will be a bit anti-odor and antimicrobial, but no more so than an ordinary hat. And... The fears around electromagnetic waves and radiation bouncing around the ether are just that, fears, that are unfounded in any scientific reality. It's like literally wearing a tinfoil hat, only in a more stylish packaging. And realistically, this is part of a long-running trend of fear and misinformation that purports to invent a syndrome or a symptom and use scientific words to actually suggest a problem which they then sell a cure for. It is effectively snake oil, just in a hat form, tinfoil hat. So tinfoil hats are no longer needed for the mad, delusionary 1960s stereotypes who are trying to prevent the government from reading their brain signals. Now they're just trying for the modern hipster delusional types who are trying to protect their brains from cosmic radiation and mobile phone signals, cell towers, and Wi-Fi routers. Now, whilst it is true that electromagnetic radiation and waves are bouncing across the world from sources such as cell phones, TV towers, microwaves themselves, Wi-Fi, satellites, they aren't actually doing you harm. If they were we would be noticing much more substantial problems. There have been no scientific controlled studies on damage <laughs> from, this, from these sources to a point where you would actually need to wear a type of protection. And even if you did, that wouldn't actually protect the rest of you. why are these things successful? And let's be clear, this is not the first campaign 
that's tried to raise money and sell a product to solve an issue that isn't quite there. In fact, a couple of years ago, uh, a company on Indiegogo called Wireless Armor made a special pair of men's underwear which purported to be a Faraday cage, which would thus protect you from uh, carrying your phone in your pocket and therefore uh, destroying your fertility by damaging uh, negatively your sperm production. Again, something that's not actually been proven to have any effect. And that raised a quite substantial amount of money and got notice from people such as Richard Branson. So wireless armors, men's underwear or briefs, was designed or purported to be a Faraday cage by weaving in silver woven threads into the fabric of each item to make a cage of metal. Um, Designed to mimic a Faraday cage, which is a cage that actually blocks off electromagnetic interference by basically conducting it all the way from the source and earthing it on the side. Now, the problem with all of that is that you actually need to connect a Faraday cage to Earth. So a quick briefer on how circuits work is that we actually have positive voltage goes to Earth, and that's how we actually get a current flow in a circuit. And a Faraday cage actually does it by inducing the electromagnetic current uh, radiation in the air into a voltage into the current into the coil, which is what a big Faraday cage is, and directing it to an earth point so it just neutralizes itself in the earth. Now, a Faraday cage in your underwear doesn't have a cord running down connecting it to the ground to earth it. Therefore, it's not actually going to do anything because it's just a big lump of metal there, which is just (laughs) inducing currents rather than actually inducing currents and earthing it, so completing the circle. And actually, the beanie... Uh, the tinfoil beanie is going to have exactly the same problem. And on top of that, if you're just having a very fine mesh, it's not actually making it a cage because the cage actually has to be completely enclosed. And if you think about underwear or even a beanie, all of them have holes for where your body parts are supposed to go in, two legs and your torso in the case of underwear or the remainder of your head in the case of a beanie. So they're not actually getting a complete encompassing so they're not even a complete cage so not only uh, is the bucket they're trying to contain not closed but it's actually not even going to be able to capture any water because water would run right through it if we wanted to make that analogy so these things these products are being purported by very clever entrepreneurs who are seeking to capitalize on people's fear fear which is entirely misfounded and unfortunately there's little we can do to actually stop such products from getting out there in the marketplace. All we can do is educate people to suggest them that if they see something to claiming to stop mysterious illnesses that they didn't know they had, then chances are they're not actually going to work. And if something looks too good to be true and claims to solve a problem that you didn't know you had, then there's also chances are that someone's find a very cheap way to make money off you. Now, all of these problems aren't new. They've been around for a very, very long time. In fact, ever since we've had technology, people have been claiming illnesses as a result of this technology as a way to justify a perceived fear of change, of the unknown, of something they can't easily explain. And it's something that's lasted ever since the appearance of the telegram and the telephone uh, for first purporting medical illnesses in the British Medical Journal. Um as well as issues of peoples and fears around microwaves, 
smart meter or Wi-Fi syndrome, and of course, one of the classics, wind turbine syndrome. And on a lot of these times, there are actually no real scientific controllable evidence-based studies that back up any of these fears or claims. And yet, there is a response from people in the community who are exhibiting symptoms. And the claims of some of these symptoms are quite, quite astonishing. So things like, from anecdotal reports, not studies, not controlled actual medical science, just anecdotal reports of things such as ears bleeding, body vibrations, vibrating lips, infertility, night terrors, um, heart attacks, crying, nerve twitching, reduced quality of wool or tissue in, or production of eggs in animals, you know, a lot of other different types of syndrome. These are all claimed about wind turbine syndrome, and they purportedly be felt up to 100 kilometers away. And things like that are, are really very clearly bunk. There is no way that some blade spinning in the air 100 kilometers away from you can cause those effects to happen. They're a lot more likely to be what some people term as anything syndrome. Some great explanations from Kitan Joshi, who's a, a scientist and specializes in wind and solar work, actually, in a renewable energy company from Sydney. Um who does a lot of great work in scientific communication in Australia, has put together a bit of a list of what uh, as often comes up as anything syndrome. And this includes symptoms that seem to be pretty much universal, no matter which technophia you're actually claiming to be suffering from. Everything from mobile phone towers to Wi-Fi to smart meters to wind turbines, they all seem to share the same symptoms of dizziness, headaches, nausea, sleeplessness. Uh, and all of these are actually and all these 416 symptoms, they're all actually very, very similar to the symptoms for anxiety. So what we're actually, some of the suggestions here is that these are more likely to be actually tied back to a more psychological and cause, such as something from anxiety, which is a serious issue. But the way in which these people then sort of manifest this is that the suffering, instead of associating it to a psychological disorder with causes they don't understand, they tie it back to something that they can see, such as a wind turbine or a solar panel or a smart meter. And in fact, that sort of the strangeness of it, the technological nature of it, then also builds upon this fear that they have in their head, therefore deepening their anxiety in a negative feedback loop, which is damaging for all involved. So it's very easy to make fun of people who are suffering from a lot of these claimed syndromes. But in reality, they are actually having real medical symptoms but from a very different thing, something tangible, something we know about, which is general anxiety. And this can cause real issues for people. Anxiety is a major medical mental health issue in Australia. It's just that they're looking at the wrong thing. Instead of trying to blame the technology around them, they need to actually try to either through um, psychological treatment or medication or a combination of that, which is ever as appropriate, actually tackle the root cause of their problem, which is something inside of them, rather than something outside in a wind turbine, a solar panel, or a Wi-Fi router. It's easy to make fun of people who are claiming these seemingly outlandish symptoms. The reality is that they are people actually suffering from something. We just need to help them understand what they are actually suffering from.
So what about actual studies into potential issues from electromagnetic radiation? Fortunately, many of our esteemed medical institutions have been actually looking into this to assure us that we are safe. The Australian Medical Association have recently released a position statement that reiterating there's no evidence from any negative health impacts of low frequency sound levels or imperceptibly low or any other kinds of vibrations or that could be associated with wind turbines. Likewise, with things such as NBN, Wi-Fi routers and towers, all involved parties have conducted studies, including people from the Australian Energy Regulators, which have found that there is no actual perceptible levels of radiation from any of these towers. So scientists from the Australian Radiation Laboratory, now known as Arpanza, you know, they, they've done a lot of studies into mobile phone towers, Wi-Fi routers, all these kind of things, and they found that it's impossible to measure any radiation from devices such as smart meters um, or any types of harmful levels of radiation from these towers or mobile phone towers. And it's quite sad to see these the claims put it around in the media, but our scientists are working hard on attempting to stop it. Even groups like the UN World Health Organization, or WHO, are actually looking into these claimed issues of such as electromagnetic radiation from things such as mobile phones, routers, and other EM radiating devices. They have been studying this. They have been watching it. They have been monitoring. It's not like something where scientists are saying, oh, it's all fine, don't worry about it, and it's sort of running unmonitored on its own. When the World Health Organization have studied it, and they've been doing so since the early 90s. Every animal trial, epidemiological study that they do in a long-term control basis has shown no increased cancer risk for long-term exposure to radio frequency fields. They're also doing retrospective studies as well um, to see if there's actually links in between usage and so on. And a, a very long-running retrospective trial with data from 13 participating countries found that there was no increased risk of two specific types of cancers, of, um, from mobile phone use for more for over 10 years. Um, and that's another large study that they conducted. There was no consistent trend showing increased usage also being related to increased risk. So people actually are conducting um, specific studies into this. And we do have limits that things such as the specific absorption rate, which sort of govern how much you know masses of radiation we could absorb safely without harm. And they're actually reasonably high. And most of our devices are governed to actually be below that. And so we are actively monitoring, controlling it, and we do not believe that there is a significant carcinogenic potential of radio frequency fields from mobile phones. And so therefore, we do have evidence to back us up here in these claims, and we are actively exploring it to make sure we're not missing anything. It's not like we're the studying tobacco in the 1950s and claiming you know, tobacco and cigarettes are perfectly fine. We are actually actively monitoring and trying to reduce any potential impact that we see the reality is, though, things around us are producing radiation all the time, both natural and unnatural. Microwaves, phones and mobile phones, radio towers, Wi-Fi routers, smart meters, you name it, aren't the only things in our life that produce radiation. Even the humble banana is a huge source of radiation. But we've been eating those for millions of years and we're totally fine. The important part here is just to make sure you take some of these claims with a grain of salt and ask for evidence and look at the evidence and sort of question what exactly comes from it and then try and see if it's backed up and repeated by anyone else in a controlled and studied manner. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. This week we found out about bunk products, including tinfoil hats and, and tinfoil underwear to protect us from non-existent diseases. And we found out what studies actually been done to make sure that we stay safe from radiation. 
Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.